about finances, investing, estate, and retirement planning? Well, I went to school so you don't have to. Welcome to Finances and with Kathy and Jennifer. Welcome to Finances and 2020 Taxes and COVID. I'm Jennifer and I'm here with Kathy. This week, we'll be discussing tax changes as a result of COVID. Then we'll go on to talk about 2020 tax changes and answer some questions about what you can deduct. So have you guys started working on your taxes already? We have. We use TurboTax, so we've kind of tried, been trying to input things as we get them. Yeah. What about you? I've not yet purchased it. I have the pile of papers that I need to you know, go ahead and input, but I don't think it will take particularly long. So I've sort of just been delaying it, but there's no good reason to delay it. Yes. Well, you might want to go ahead and start because I heard that it's better to file early this year because of the new tax stimulus that is supposedly coming out in March. So that probably will be dependent on what your income was for 2020 then. And if, especially if you were negatively affected, if you lost your job, that probably would help them decide who's going to get those packages where you might've made more the previous year. And so then they wouldn't automatically send you that stimulus. Right. Because last year's stimulus checks were based on 2019's taxes. Makes sense. Yes. All right. So speaking of stimulus checks, what do the stimulus checks during COVID mean for me this year. Last year, you may have received a CARES Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act check. The idea was to stimulate the economy after so many businesses were forced to close. Most Americans received $1,200 or $2,400 for couples and then $500 for each child under 17. There was also a second round for $600 or $1,200 for couples and $600 for children. These were issued to joint filers with an AGI, which is adjusted gross income below $150,000, to head of household filers below $112,500, and singles with an AGI below $75,000. So the money was given to those incomes because at that level, the tax credit that you will be allowed when filing this current year would make that amount they gave you reduced to zero. For example, if the checks they mailed you were less than the credit amount that you're going to be getting on your tax return, that means the tax credit that you'll be allowed when filing this year would be reduced to $0. If the checks that you received were less than your credit amount, your tax will be reduced by the difference, which might mean that you actually get a refund. But if for some reason the checks were more than what you owed, you will not owe more money and you will not have to repay it. So that's your that's the benefit here. And that particular income was not taxable. So you don't have to worry about having to pay tax on the stimulus checks. The SECURE Act also changed the required minimum distributions called RMD. Previously, the age of what you were required to remove money from your retirement accounts was 70 and a half. And now that age is 72. This benefits the owner of the account by allowing the full amount to continue to grow. So personally, I have family members that have to take required minimum distributions, and they're pretty excited about it because they will get to just leave that money in there. They don't need to take it out, and now they don't have to take it out. That money will grow at its full amount instead of the percent that they're required, they have been previously required to remove. So it's just a benefit for them to have their money grow without having to come back out. Following along with what Jennifer just said, though, 
you can continue to make contributions to traditional IRAs until your RMD starts. So that's the other benefit of this is that they would be able to continue to add money to these accounts and not have to take withdrawals. This act also allows you to take money out of your IRA, your 401k, or I'm assuming also 403Bs, up to $5,000 for having a baby or adopting. Prior, you would have owed a 10% fine for withdrawals before 59 and a half, and that's not the case any longer. Additionally, some changes are that graduate or postdoctoral students may count any money that they've been given like a fellowship, stipends, or similar types of payment as earned income. And the benefit to that is that they now can use that to contribute to their IRA, where previously, and as we mentioned last week, you are limited to how much money you can put in the IRA based on how much employment income you've received. So in this way, these students, these grad students can start saving for retirement sooner before they actually begin their traditional employment. Hmm, That's great. This act also states that the 10% penalty on withdrawal from your retirement accounts up to $100,000 for COVID-related payouts is waived. The money will still need to be from a 401k, a 403b, or IRAs to include a combination of those. And this will be taxed as income evenly over 2020, 2021, and 2022. But if you pay back what you borrowed by 2022, the taxes paid can be claimed as a refund. This, of course, does hurt your retirement savings. So don't think of this as free money. This isn't something that you necessarily want to have to use. So use it wisely because you could end up losing tens of thousands of dollars because that money is not in an account that is growing interest over time. 401ks, 403bs, and 457 accounts contributions are capped at $19,500 with a catch-up amount of $6,500 if you were born before 1971, which is up from the previous year. Roth and traditional IRA contributions stayed the same at $6,000 with a $1,000 catch-up. The amount that you can make has gone up and you can still make these contributions. So for example, couples with AGIs of $206,000 and singles of $139,000 can still put money into their IRA and utilize this great tax break. The good news is that you can still put money into your IRAs as a 2020 contribution all the way up until April 15th. So as you're filling out your taxes and you find that you're going to get money back or that you have some money, go ahead and consider putting that into your retirement account as well. The tax brackets widened, which means you may owe less in income tax this year. The rates did not change and we won't list all of them here, but you can now earn more and possibly stay in your previous bracket. Standard tax deductions were also increased, which means you can claim $24,800 for married filing jointly and an additional $1,300 if you're over 65. Singles can claim $14,050. If you had capital gains on investments and you make less than $40,000 as a single or $53,600 as head of household or $80,000 as married filing jointly, you will not pay taxes on any of those gains. You will pay up to 20% gains if you are single, earning more than $441,451 
$461,700 as head of household or $496,601 as married filing jointly. But if your income falls between those two, you're going to pay 15% on capital gains. The amount you can claim for charity donations also goes up with the CARES Act. Non-itemizers or those who take the standard deduction can deduct up to $300 of cash donated to charities. This is a new above-the-line deduction, which means it's used to lower your AGI versus deductions reduced dollars after your AGI is calculated. This is a great thing. Other above-the-line deductions are contributions to 401ks, 403bs, and 457 plans. HSA or your health savings account or an MSA, a medical savings account contributions, health insurance premiums, alimony, educator expenses, which is $250 for an individual or $500 if both spouses teach K-12, any early withdrawal penalties you paid on a 1099 INT, student loan interest, tuition, and fees. If you receive unemployment checks, that income is taxable. So you will have to pay federal tax on the amount that you've received. To offset getting a large tax bill or an unexpected tax bill, they will ask you if you would like to have 10% withheld. You probably want to say yes to that. Otherwise, you're supposed to be paying quarterly estimated taxes. And in any case, when you do pay your annual taxes, you're going to be taxed on that income. So just make sure that you're like your regular paycheck, having taxes withheld, you probably want to try and have it withheld on your unemployment income as well. Employers were allowed to pay down your student loans under CARES. They could pay $5,250, and that amount is excluded from your wages for your federal taxes. This can include student loans and tuition assistance. This was also extended through 2025. Consider asking for that from your employer. If you qualify for that, they might very well be willing to pay that and you're not going to pay that as a as income to you. Adoption tax credits can still be taken on up to $14,300 for qualified expenses. If you adopt special needs children, the full amount is available even if your costs were less than that. This credit is not available on AGI above $254,520, but a lower amount is available One of the questions that I've been asked often because we've been working at home is about home office deductions. And the bad news is if you receive a W-2 or a 1099 from a company, you are not able to take any deductions. So if you've been working at home and you've sort of taken over a certain room and made that your new office, it's still not deductible to you because you're receiving a paycheck with a W-2 or 1099. However, if you are self-employed, a contractor, you can take home office deductions, but you need to make sure that it is in a dedicated space of your home. It can't be just at your kitchen table because you're also having your meals there and that you're using that area and that equipment regularly for business use. Some education changes include the lifetime learning credit will phase out for AGIs above 118,000 to 138,000 for married filing jointly and 59,000 to 69,000 for single filers. And that just means that it will slowly start to phase out at the lower range and completely phase out by the time you hit that higher income range. Your EE bonds that you use for education, as long as you are paying for college, graduate school, or a vocational school for yourself, your spouse, or your dependent will be tax-free for you. But if you cash them out and 
not apply them towards an educational purpose, you will be taxed on that. 529 college savings plans can now be used to pay fees, books, supplies, and equipment for certain apprenticeships, and up to $10,000 can be withdrawn for student loan payments. So that's a big new deal, the fact that you can take that 529 and use it to pay for a previously purchased college education and help pay down a student loan. That's, that's terrific that they're letting that happen. Teachers can also deduct this year up to $250 for any PPE or other items to help fight COVID in their classrooms. This also is available to a spouse. So up to $500 for two educators in a household. If I was married to an educator and I spent $350 and they spent $100, I couldn't claim the $350 for me and $100 for them. So it it can't be more than $250 per person. This applies to any K-12 instructors, counselors, principals, or any aides that are teaching for up to 900 hours in a year. And these items might include face masks, disinfectants, hand soap and sanitizers, disposable gloves, tape or paint to mark social distancing for the kids, physical barriers, and even air purifiers you can take the deduction on. And this is in addition to the 250 we mentioned for regular supplies earlier, right? Correct, because this is specific to PPE and COVID, where the other 250 is a continuing thing that's been going on. The cap on employer-provided parking goes up to $270 a month, and employees covered by health flexible savings plans can defer up to $2,750. Residential solar credits fall to 26%. This includes geothermal heat pumps, residential wind turbines, and fuel cell property. This credit drops to 22% next year and caps at 22%. Last August, employers were told that they could stop collecting Social Security taxes between September and December. This would allow workers to earn more money if that wasn't being withdrawn from their paycheck. And this was available to any employees that earned less than $2,000 a week. It did not make the tax responsibility go away, it just delayed it. And so if your employer did not withhold your social security taxes over those four months, then this year in 2021, you'll have to pay that quarter of taxes over 12 months. So the benefit is you got a little bit more at the end of the year and the tax that you owed is going to be spread over 12 months instead of four months, but it is still going to be owed by you. Standard mileage deductions went down from $0.58 cents to $57.50. Medical travel and military moves went down to $0.17 cents a mile, but driving stayed at $0.14 cents and is permanently there by law. You may deduct long-term care premiums if you're 71 or older and you're going to be able to deduct $5,430. If your age is between 61 and 71, you'll be able to deduct 4350 Between 51 and 60, you can deduct 1630 If you're between 41 and 50, you can deduct 810 And then if you're younger than that and you're using long-term care, you can deduct $430 for the year. Those of us with small businesses, LLCs, sole proprietor partners, S-corporations, and S-corporations, as well as self-employed, may now deduct 20% of qualifying business income. 
The IRS paid interest on federal tax returns in 2020. Some of us did receive that interest. If you did, you're going to get a 1099 INT from the IRS. Make sure you report this on your taxes because they already know they gave it to you and you don't want them to say, wait, they didn't claim this. Let's see what else they might not have claimed. So any 1099s that you get, make sure that you're claiming it. It might seem like a small amount of money, but you still want to make sure you're just putting that in your return. Mm -hmm. Finally, if you don't pay your taxes and are more than 60 days overdue, you will owe a minimum penalty of $435 or 100% of what you owe, whichever is lower. If you owe $200 on your taxes, if you don't pay it in those 60 days, then you're going to end up owing $400 at that point. So definitely want to pay it as soon as possible. They'll, they'll take some money from you. So just make sure that you're paying it as soon as you can. Not paying it is not a great option for you. Mm -mm. Anything else? That's all. Thanks for listening to Finances and 2020 Taxes and COVID. Remember, if you write a review before February 28th and send us an email letting us know that you did at financesand at AOL.com, you'll be in the drawing for an Amazon gift card and we'll announce the winner on our following show. We know that you chose to listen and we're grateful. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share and consider leaving a review because it helps bring financial education to others and it helps them find us more easily. Please let us know what questions you'd like answered by going to the website at financesand.com. You can now find infographics on these topics here in our show notes and, of course, on our website. Finances and does not provide tax or legal advice and nothing in this podcast is to be construed as such. Always consult a tax accounting or legal professional for advice on your specific situation. Remember, I went to school, so you don't have to. We don't want to use words that don't exist. Believable. Believable. <laughs> <laughs> A lifelong learner. <laughs> true, true. <laughs>